You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 67 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello. And this is Labor Day weekend that we're recording, and here in upstate New York, it is still in the high 80s, and I would be in the pool right now if I were not recording. No, this is unbelievable. I don't, I don't, you know what, this is my life, and I have to deal with the 90s, so why shouldn't you? <laughs> oh, I'm not complaining. I love it. It's, it's, it's barely going to hit 79 today. So, but we're going to go back up to the 90s, uh, like 97 or so by midweek next week. So. I'm getting really witchy because I just want fall to come. I just want to open up my house. I don't I'm, like. I'm, I don't want it to be warm. I like to see summer every day. Oh, <laughs> what is wrong with people? The sun is so overrated. Because fall makes me sleepy. Because normally during the winter, it rains here in California. It hasn't, um, but it does. The rain makes me just not demotivated. I want to go out. Summer, I like to move around, go places, do things. God, And I don't want to get back to that. I like to... No, it could rain every day and I'd be happy. I love Oregon because of that. It could rain every freaking day and I would be happy. But there's not, there hasn't, we haven't had any rain. We're still in a drought situation here in Texas. But I'll tell you, um, oh, I just can't wait to shut off the ACs and open up the house and have that crisp fall air. Oh, make pumpkin spice latte. You know, no, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. It's, I, I don't go to Starbucks for that. It's, for one thing, I don't like all the chemical junk they put in their coffee it's not real pumpkin anyway no but yeah. they started using pumpkin this year real pumpkin but they, so they say but i just when i go to starbucks i usually just get a plain coffee but there are a ton of recipes online where you can just take um you know the the pumpkin that you buy in the can you can take that and milk and vanilla and pumpkin spice and i think some sugar either white or brown sugar and you mix it together with with espresso and you have your pumpkin latte so it's healthier and there's no chemicals in it so (laughs) no thank you i give my pumpkin to my dog that's the way i feel about pumpkin (laughs) oh i love pumpkin i love pumpkin my dog loves it too (laughs) (laughs) But if I if I had to experience Oregon or, or Seattle, uh, um, I would probably have to start drinking coffee again. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because it does. It makes me sleepy. I I like to just curl up and read a book and then I fall asleep. Oh, see, yeah. not me. I like to be out in the fall. That's when I ride my bike and I'm out walking every day. It's so when it's rainy. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm not going to melt. I'm human. I'm not going to melt. Yeah. And I, I, I walk in the rain. I wouldn't be out riding a bike. I have a rain. raincoat. <laughs> I have an umbrella. Yeah. No, I really okay. do. I like fall. Well, even fall without the rain, I like. I just I just don't like hot weather. And I'm stuck in hot weather situations. So that is my... Well, you like it here. It's like it in, the, in the 70s. It's nice. Well, I love NoCal. Yeah, I do. 70s is perfect. That is, to me, is yeah. the perfect weather it's in the 70s. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fall's okay. It's my birthday month, so that's okay. Oh. But fall also means that we're getting into winter. And <laughs> no, no. I know our, I know our yeah. good friend, Kevin Alder... 
loves the winter, loves the snow. We go back and forth about this, how I love my pool and being out in the hot weather, and that just makes him cry. <laughs> he would rather be outside in the wintertime, not me. No, I don't want to ever do winters. I lived in Maine for 30 plus years. I don't want to ever do snow again. My husband doesn't either. Nope. No. I have, well, I have something to tell you, though. Um, I came across this app. Um, I don't have it on the, the show notes. I can put it on there. Is I, I thought about you and Vicky. I really, really did. Because right now, I don't know if you're aware, but coloring books for adults are, like, really trending right now. Yes. They're very popular. Yes. Well, there is a new app that came out called Colorfy. And it's a free app to download. And... They have um, all sorts of, you know, different designs. They have like weekly designs that you can download. But what you do um, on these, which are really kind of cool, is you color it. You you digitally color it and you can save it. You can upload it. Um, and so when you, when you select, they have some subscriptions too. Uh, like I think it's for like the weekly uh, design, but they have a lot of free designs in it. You don't have to buy the designs if you don't want to, but say for animals. So when you select a design, you have a, a, a colored pencil. You have all the, you tap on the colored pencils, which are in the upper uh, right corner. And you have like all these um, hexagonal charts of your colors. They have some that you can buy, but they also have free um, color uh color palettes as well. And so then when you um, tap on a color, you can decide where you want to color your design. So say for instance, and you can change your colors and it's actually kind of cool. So you just tap to color. But it's, I thought about you and Vicky because you're saying, oh, I'm not artistic at all. Well, you can color. You can virtually color now. No, that's the reason why I don't like art. As a kid, I could not ever color with vending lines. I can't, even now, I can't even control how my signature looks. So thank God that no, you don't have to really sign for stuff. But wait a minute, you can do yet. this. You don't color outside the lines in this. You tap it and it fills in the space. So say, for instance... That's cheating. No, it's not cheating. It's relaxing because that's why coloring is so popular right now because people are no, using No, how is that relaxing? You're just tapping something and it's, it colors it. <laughs> I'm never going to convert Vicky, I swear. No, I'm not an artist. I, I, it intimidates me. It, it makes me sweat. You know how you said when you play game, video games and you start losing and stuff? You, it's, that's, that's what art does to me. It stresses me out to no end. If I can't do something and I know I can't do it, and I, I'm going to try really hard, but it never is going to be satisfying to me at all. And I will always find fault in it. But Vicky, there's no yeah. judgment. Like yeah. when we were talking My before, judge is me. but it's when we me. were talking I, I, before I, I, about Suzanne and I cornering you and putting knitting needles and yarn in your hand, there's no judgment. If it's something that you tried, you didn't like it, or you just couldn't do it, whatever. You know, the problem with knitting and stuff is that I do like it. I like looking at people doing it, but mine, I, I just don't have that kind of patience and I don't, it looks bad. I mean, I, it would be. You know how I supposed to look uniform? Mine never looks. But that takes practice. It's not most people aren't going to learn and in three hours later they've knit this fantastic piece. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be uneven. There's it's a there's a, there's a curve with everything though. I mean yeah, there's a it curve. It takes yeah. practice. I'm yeah. doing um somebody wanted me to uh work on some 
<clears throat> excuse me, pattern design for them. And I haven't used Adobe Illustrator since college. So I've had to kind of like give myself a back to a crash course in Adobe Illustrator. And it's been wonderful. And it's bringing back some wonderful memories because I really love that program. But um, the the thing is, is that, you know, it's just like with anything with Adobe, when I first started Photoshop, there was a big curve. Now I feel very, very confident in Photoshop. And the same thing with Illustrator. You start off uh, I've, in design, I tried to tackle that once and pulled my hair out. But it's it's like that, I think, with anything you attempt to do. Someday I want to do fly fishing, and I know there's going to be a curve with that before I can get really good. Because I figure but if Mike, you, Mike and I end up in Oregon, we're doing fly fishing. <laughs> let me tell you something. I need to back off that because I got some, some old photos, uh, and I put them in my computer, you know, digital uh, versions of it on my computer. And I was using GIMP to sort of get rid of the creases and the different imperfections in it. And I really enjoyed it. It took me a long time to do just like one little section. Yeah. But it looked so much better that I really enjoy it. And I'm learning GIMP. So I, I do have some kind of ability. I don't know if that's Of course you do. Everything I is creative. I love doing that. that I mean, it, it, that made that picture that was so ugly look beautiful again. I was like, oh my God, that, that was fun. I, I, I can get into that kind of thing. And as but you that, learn it, you're going to get better and faster. Yes, yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I don't remember if it was Picasso who said this, but um, I think it was, but he said that we are all born artists. The problem is, is remembering um, to be an artist when you get older, or I'm just, you know, loosely paraphrasing that, that quote. I'm probably massacring yeah. it actually. It's also the art teacher that, that told you that told me that looks awful. You have no artistic ability. Literally told me that. And I said, okay, thank you. Then I start. I went to band. I went to start taking music. So, thank you. I, I, I just move on. <laughs> you know, tell, my teacher, she's going to have to grade my work. And she said, me, you're awful. Out of all the kids in the class, your, your work is awful. <laughs> well, I have something to tell you. I couldn't, when fourth grade, I was so excited because we were able to take an instrument and I, I wanted a flute. I saw, or a clarinet because I saw all the girls in the class and they yeah. had these really beautiful, delicate flutes. Well, the band, uh, director, I was, because my last name, my maiden name was white. So I was way down the end of the alphabet. He had all his flutes and his clarinets, and he told me my mouth was wrong for a clarinet or flute, that I needed to take the trombone. So I had to take the trombone, but th there's a silver lining, I suppose, in every cloud, because although I wasn't very good on the trombone, I love horn music. I absolutely mm -hmm. love, you know, mm -hmm. I love jazz, sax. I wish I had yeah. been able to yeah. take a saxophone. My son did. And, yeah, and, and um, definitely learning that music makes you appreciate yeah, but those, music yeah, at a different level. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, those those comments, you know, I think that's why we're ha well, we're going to be having um, Shane, Elisa's son on uh, next week, which is exciting. But I think that teachers sometimes don't realize that when they come out and they say something, how cutting that can be. I know my eldest son, uh, his kindergarten teacher, he always loved Legos. He was doing this. Now, he had... He, she came during the parent teacher conference. She said right in front of him, she said, you know, I don't know what he's going to end up doing because he doesn't have any fine finger movement. He can't do anything that is fine. And you know that he's in his thirties now. Do you know that's still stuck in his head? I'm thinking that's terrible. You, we just have to be so conscious of what we say, even though we're, if we're saying it offhandedly. And who is she to tell somebody what exactly. they cannot do? 
I'm the one that decides what I can't do, not you. You know, so that, that's exactly. awful. It's just a teacher. She should know better. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, sometimes they, I think it's, they just say things offhand and not meaning to really uh, cut yeah, down a child. No, some no, do, of no. course, but I think some but I think I don't. think in, your, in their effort to try to put you in a realistic um, framework in terms of what you can and you can't do and, and not be have them assuming that they're going to be the own the world. Um, not that there's an issue with that. You know, I, I think you should tell kids they can do anything they want to do. Uh, because literally, uh, if you really want something and you devote your whole life to it, uh, odds are you're probably going to get it. I don't know, unless, it's, unless you want to be the richest man in the world. That may be a huge When I was in high school uh, in the 70s, okay, I know I'm showing my age here, but I remember girls weren't supposed to be good in math. You know, I remember I was struggling in physics, which is interesting because I think I have a physics app to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, re- I'm looking at all these apps and thinking, oh, man, I would be a straight-A student right now in physics if I had yeah. these apps to yeah. learn from. all the stuff that they have. And, yeah. and the concentration, of course, was not on STEM like it is now, uh, the, mm-hmm. the STEM curriculum. However, you know, they, we had a computer. We just When computers first came out, the school had one, and only the boys were allowed to go in there and code, you know, uh, the computer with those little cards, you know, the little punch cards. Uh, w- the women, the girls in my class were really taught, you know, home ec was good. If you, even if you were still on the college track, even if you took college classes, if you had any electives, it was good to take typing, all, you know, all of these so-called feminine classes. And I think, I think that's why in my head, um, I have a stigma, you know, I have a real block, I think a mental block sometimes with math. Now, when I took it in college, when I took statistics, I did absolutely fine. However, in, in school, when I was struggling with physics, if the boys were struggling, the teacher helped them. If the girls yeah. were struggling, you could just drop the class. You yeah, know, you weren't going to be an engineer, you weren't going to be an engineer anyway. So just get out of the class. I you know? found that the teachers catered to the young men in the classroom and it was a group of us girls we all studied together, and we all got the A's. We wow. all got the A's. Those boys, there were a couple of boys that got A's with her help, and we got our A's. We just sat over there by ourselves, and we got. And then we had one instructor, math instructor. I think he's responsible for me doing well in math. I, I, I just fell into it. I didn't realize that I had the aptitude, and I think he built that that baseline that I needed. Um, his class was: you came into the classroom, we studied the concept, we all worked on understanding that concept. And when he felt everybody understood it, we took a test. Everybody in that class passed with an A. Everybody oh, in that see, class went on and took higher level math classes. And um, he was like awesome. I, I wish he had, he had used that. The other teachers had taken that kind of philosophy because I went on to, to uh, undergrad and eight, I, mean, I majored in math and that was not my goal. I not, didn't want to be a mathematician. But it helped me with the sciences. It helped me with a lot of other stuff, you know. Um, but I had no idea that I was good at math. No idea. Wow. Whatsoever. Well, you, you girls will love this. When I was in uh, freshman in college, I was taking economics. Two girls in the class, me and this other girl, were both business majors in a classroom full of engineering majors. My husband was in that class. He was an engineering <laughs> major at the time. And he's a math, ended up getting his math major. But the teacher made it, excuse me, he made it very clear that me and the other girl did not belong in that class, that we were taking up two seats that belonged to men. 
Wow. And that he was only teaching us because the college made him, because we should have been finding husbands and getting married and taking care of the kids. He did not like the idea that we were getting our degrees so that we would go out in the world and get a job, because we would be taking jobs away from men. And the only reason we should be working is because either we were widowed or our husbands left us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's not, that's not that long ago. We're old, but we're not that old. God Needless to say, I used to go round and round with him, like basically kind of putting him in his place kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And even the guys in the class would go, go, Elisa, go, Elisa, because even <laughs> they thought he was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. This- wow. Are you said in college? In college. Wow. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, my God. Well, it was- <laughs> we're all the same age. It was long ago. <laughs> yeah, but, but not that's, what was that, 80s? 1978. You were in college. Uh, you were a freshman in college. Freshman in college. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. But still, that's sort of. Oh my God. But that's still the same era that I was. You know mm-hmm. that I was in. We were in but high I'm school. About in high and, school, but college, I didn't encounter that. Yeah. I, I did not encounter that at all in college. I mean, because I'm paying for that, and if somebody had told me that, and I'm paying them, and uh, he, oh, and he didn't say that to any student at the at my university, he would have been gone. Woman, female, anything. He would have been gone. When my husband went to Northeastern for electrical engineering, you know, back in in the 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, there were two female engineering students in his class. Two. 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 Yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, we just, if you think about it at that time, I mean, granted, you know, the war was in the 40s and then you had the 50s and the you know, but women went back to work in the 40s, uh, the 50s. I'm assuming some of them were still in the workforce, but a lot were stay-at-home moms. The 60s, you had the whole, you know, um, the hippie revolution, the Woodstock, um, which kind of freed up women again. But even still, it didn't really translate into the 70s because we were still being taught a curriculum that was definitely um, predominantly for male students. You know, I, I, I didn't see that at all in my university. Oh, I did. I, I, saw, didn't, I saw I it mean, in high school. There were women, there were, it, well, the number of male to female ratio was small, but there were women going there, there were women that graduated, they had women professors in engineering, there were women professors in math. We had, uh, 90% of the freshman class wanted to be were, were pre-med. So, uh, so the women I think this men... was New England, though. I think this was New England because when I was in Oregon, when I was uh, in school in Oregon, I never felt that way, ever, ever. I felt I could do anything. That was the curriculum. I mean, there was as much attention on girls succeeding in algebra as there were the, the boys. Uh, it, in New England was different. I'm, I'm, Maine was different, I should say. Because when I went to high school my first year, my freshman year in high school, when I went to Massachusetts, I did not feel that way either. I felt that I had to, you know, everyone was expected to keep up whether you were male or female. I think, I think it was more Maine, you know, Maine no. at that time was maybe a little, and I maybe went to a rural school. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I, I will say one thing is that I rarely saw teaching assistants or, uh, that were female. Really? I was always male. 
I don't know why. I think in one class, um, in or a psychology class, the TA was a female. You know, so that's sort of strange. <laughs> well, so I just think it's great that all, I just think it's great now that you know girls are expected and actually encouraged to be really strong in math and science. Yeah, but I love we that. Still, are a minority in the engineering fields, and they're not being hired. Yeah, we are, we're but it's better than less, and you know. But not, it's better than what it was, Vicky. It's better than the yeah, two engineering students, you know, in Boston. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's but you go right. back to the fifties. I wouldn't even have been able to. <laughs> Let's not go there. I mean, uh, some people who say, oh, well, those were the glory days. Not for everybody. (laughs) Well, listeners, if you haven't guessed, we are talking about back to school. Uh, In this area, our kids go back to school next week. I know in a lot of other parts of the country, the kids have already been there for a couple of weeks. But before we start talking about what we have in our show notes, I just want to mention that before we know it, as we discussed earlier, the holidays are going to be upon us. And every year we put out a podcast about gifts for the holidays, either that we would like to receive or that we think might be a good idea for you to give as a gift. What we'd like to do this year is have your input. What would you like to give as a holiday gift? Doesn't have to be technology. It can be Uh, You have a new KitchenAid mixer that you think is fabulous, and that would make a great gift, or a new Kindle, or a a piece of clothing, just anything you think would make a nice gift. We want to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on our Facebook page, on our Google Plus page. You can tweet to us. You can uh, send us an email. You can send us an audio recording of what you think would be a good idea. And we would love to put that together sometime in November of your choices for what would make a good holiday gift for any of the December holidays. So please start thinking about those. Send them over. We really want to hear what you have to say. So... To get started with our back to school, Vicki, your first choice might be considered a little unusual. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm sorry, Suzay, but I think the iPad in the classroom now is falling behind. Um, and one of the reasons why I never used it in school was because it was so difficult to get stuff on and off. We share, if we're in an MBA program, we're constantly sharing stuff with each other. How are you going to share something with somebody with the iPad? You have to either email it to them. And unfortunately, sometimes... Drop, I, uh, Dropbox, Dropbox. Unfortunately, sometimes our webs, <laughs> uh, uh, the web wouldn't be up in uh, on campus because we went on the weekend. So if there was issue with the, the uh, uh, Wi-Fi, um, then it would take a while for somebody to get around to checking it. Um, so... And also, unfortunately, we also had issues with using cell, a cellular uh, connections to the internet because we had dropped signals. Uh, so you could not count on that. If you had a presentation, you had to share information with people, you would even have to print it out or already have sent it to them and they already have it on their, compu- on their computer. Um, and um, I just found it just very difficult to use. Um, typing and entering information, you're trying to draw diagrams, it's very difficult. Um, I know you, you. I was trying to use the styluses that you suggested and everything, but one of the problems I had with most of those apps is that I had to put my hand on the paper. I can't write with the stylus off the off the page, um, and 
sometimes it, it leaves marks or it's a dragging situ uh, situation where it does not uh, pick up what I'm trying to write. Um, and um, I uh, found something I think that's cheaper and much more powerful. And it's a Microsoft product, the Surface 3 and the Surface uh, Pro 3. The Surface 3 starts at $499. It's very lightweight. Um, um, it's uh, 1.37 pounds. has a 10.8 inch uh, screen. While the Pro, which starts at $799, has a 12 inch screen and has full HD plus uh, screen. It's it's actually a, a laptop, a little miniaturized laptop. Where it's a, iPad is truly a tablet. It, it has not moved on to that. Also, of course, it, because it is a um, fully functioning uh, computer, unlike the tablet iPad, uh, it has multitasking. It has all of those Windows applications if that's what you want. Okay, um, um, and that, unfortunately, in school, that's what people still use. They still use Word. They still use Excel. They still use PowerPoint. All those kinds of things. Um, and for the price and what it does, it kicks the iPad's button in the classroom. Um, I just, I just really never could get that into my <clears throat> work. So how are you sharing files then? <laughs> but then how are you sharing files through the Surface Pro? Uh, well, um, you could, they have, um, um, a USB ports, uh, SD, uh, slot, whereas the iPad doesn't have that. It has a USB nope. 3.0 and a micro USB port. So you can't airdrop files through, through the iPad, through other iPads? You can't use airdrop? To share files, I do how, it all the time. How, and how do you do that? Don't you need to have something like um, isn't Wi-Fi? isn't in the Bluetooth? Yeah, it's just Bluetooth. The problem with that is that you got to assume that everybody in the classroom has iPads, and everybody in the classroom doesn't have iPads. I think me and one other guy had a Mac and an iPad. Okay, okay, so so so, so here's no, a scenario. So you have a bunch of people with Surface. So you have half the class with with Surface Pros, half the class with iPads. So there's still going to be some disconnect no, there. No, I never saw anybody in my classroom using an iPad to share information. Nobody used an iPad for that. They either bought their laptop, they had the school laptop that we got, we were given, or they had uh, something like a Surface thing. Uh, not well, actually, um, the guy that you know, the first one came out didn't have all those features. But um, today, if I was in my, my classroom and I had to share information with, with people, I wouldn't be able to just stick a, something in the USB port and download the file and move it back. Or, uh, or the teacher wouldn't be able to share files with us that way. And he did that quite often. He would have stuff, uh, the PowerPoint presentation that he updated. Okay, you guys pass this, uh, this key um, um, flash drive around and, and so you guys have access to this thing because otherwise you're going to have to wait till the end of the day and when I when he can upload it up to the site because our, our internet was down a lot during that, uh, during that time. So your so your classroom doesn't use like a blackboard or something because I used when I was in college I would no, no, just no, go No, 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 you want the, the he, he has a PowerPoint presentation and he made it updated it you know, nobody oh, okay. writes on a blackboard anymore. No, 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 okay, no, no. Black no, no, no. It's 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 actually you go online. It's called Blackboard, mm -hmm. and you, you go on there. <laughs> you still can't. You still can't do that. I mean, we you have to have internet access, right? Well, you can do it when you get home. Yeah, but yeah. You, you're in the classroom, and he's going over that material now. You need to look at it, and you don't have access to it. 
Oh, well, my to... point is, well, my point is, if he was a little forward thinking, then he could just update all that the night before on Blackboard, you know, send out a gang email to the class, say, hey, I've up, or you don't even have to, because usually with classes, they'll just say, you know, go on to your Blackboard, because that's where you do class discussions well, he generally, and all that. He generally would do stuff like that. We did have a, a Blackboard for that, but he would come into the class and, oh, I see an error, fix it, hey, everybody, share this. And that's the reason why we had the school give us a laptop so we all had something similar. But you could deviate from that because that damn laptop was awful. It was heavy. The battery kept falling out of it. It was but, crazy. But think about that, Vicki, what you're saying. So, say, for instance, because my classes in college, there was sometimes 30, 40 students in there. So if even if it's a two-hour class, you know, by the time he going, he's going through the PowerPoint presentation, he says, oh, wait a minute, I screwed up a slide here. I have to repair it. So he has to go onto his computer to repair it, but then he's he's everybody is um, passing around a flash drive. What happens? No, 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 no. He he. We may not even be generally. It's not something immediately that we we need to have access to, or maybe something that we need the next day. So what's so what's the point of getting a Surface Pro then? Because if he if he the point of the Surface Pro is this (laughs) in comparison to the iPad. It, will, it does not now or even did meet my needs for what I do in school. I'm sharing a lot of information with people. Everybody doesn't have an iPad. And I actually need to have a way to put files onto my computer. I also need to have a way to do multitasking. I have Excel spreadsheet up on the screen. And I'm looking at my PowerPoint thing. I'm doing a million different things at once. I could not do that with the iPad. Why and don't you swipe? Why don't you so what I did is I took, took my Mac, I got a MacBook Air because I just could not deal with the, the, the iPad doing that. And, and did you say Skype? How are you going to Skype? No, I said, no, no, no. I said swipe. I go, I multitask back and forth when I'm doing stuff. I swipe. Yeah, I, I just, just swipe. need both, both screens up because I need that information. OS so 9. So you got two side-by-side screens so you can see stuff. OS and 9 is going to have that. What's it yeah, and- OS 9. Yes, that's supposed to have multitasking, yes. Supposed to. And, and further. Now. Right further, now, I can't do it. So that's the reason. Further, and then you look, share, at the price. look at the price but, point. Look at the price but if points. You, but if you want to share uh, files, I mean, Dropbox or so. I mean, Google, everything. I, so many. You are missing my point. I am aware of that. <laughs> but if you don't have internet, you don't have Wi-Fi. I mean, you don't have well, Wi-Fi. then change you your college cell, because uh, what signal. college, right, in this day and age does not have Wi-Fi or Internet access? I mean, seriously. They do have it, but it goes down so often. It went down so often during, the, during, during, the summer, during uh, our summer session that we just even didn't even count on it being up. That's just how bad it was. And then plus our cellular, because uh, we were on the far end of campus, way up, the school was located was up in a tree Wood County area, it has such poor cell uh, coverage that I just didn't want to deal with it. And even at the college I'm at right now, that uh, during the summer, it would get so over, the Wi Fi would get so overloaded that you couldn't get it to even uh, render a, a screen on a, on a web browser. So, yeah, there are schools that still have issues with their Wi Fi. It's just too, it gets too many people on it. All kinds of stuff. So, um, well, Vicky, it wasn't I, I, like, so let me finish my, what I got to say. <laughs> and and was, so that you can understand, the people out there can understand why I think the surface is a better thing and better uh, uh, product for school than the <laughs> iPad. And that's because right now the iPad still does not have uh, USB ports. 
uh, it doesn't it uh, uh, doesn't have a, a cable uh, a mini display port any of that kind of stuff that you're gonna need if you actually want to have a laptop a tablet size computer and not actually have to have a laptop. I'm sorry, with iPad, you're going to need a laptop or something else eventually. Uh, syncing stuff, sharing files. Okay, you can use AirDrop. If you're all Mac family, if you're not all Mac family, okay, yeah, you got to do Dropbox and all other stuff. But what happens if you don't have access to that? And you, you need, need immediate access to stuff. And then plus the power. It's much more powerful. It has much faster processors on it. And the price point is so much lower than an iPad. Which to me right now is a one trick pony until they that till the multitasking family is on there, they say it's coming, and they get ports on there. You know, it's it's still a little baby. It's not it's in its You're not gonna and see in my an opinion, iPad. I, in my opinion, the iPad should have been here a couple of years ago and they're too freaking slow to the game. It's because much more They're not going to give you an i they're not they're not going to put a USB port. Apple is a closed source system. They're not going to do that. I I I would be shocked if they ever put a USB port in in an iPad. Uh, because well, I mean I have a converter. I basically can put it into the to the charger and it converts my flash drive. I can put my flash drive stuff on my iPad now. I I have a converter. I had one on my other iPad too. I bought it from Photo well, Jojo. That's that's. I agree with you. That's the reason why I, think I said that I wouldn't. I until the iPad is at least has multitasking on it. I definitely would not have uh, and never buy another. I got you know I gave my iPad Mini away to my niece because I never used it. Absolutely never ever ever used it. It but, was collecting dust. I actually forgot I had it. But that's, how? That's but how it. sturdy is the surface? I mean, are you looking at? Five-year lifespan, like you can with an iPad, or are you looking at you know? I don't know how two how years stir- because Windows don't, computers don't last. Well, that's true. That's true. But I don't have any any way of knowing how long uh, something that just recently came out is going to last, or what the even what their previous iterations did. Uh, but uh, it, for the price point, in my opinion, there's no comparison. There's no comparison for what for what you want to do. If you if you're not biased toward okay, I'm. Definitely biased to a Mac product. I think the OS <laughs> kicks uh, uh, Windows butt hand hand over here. They're trying to make their their uh, uh, Windows environment look like a Mac, and it looks like a cartoon to me, in my opinion. Opinion, um, but in reality, most people still use Word. They still use those Microsoft crazy products, especially since they're giving away that uh, three Office three sixty five to students. Um, that it's just a better buy, and most a lot of students don't don't uh, care if they use either one. Some some people are more um, Mac than you you you. I don't know what you do because I can't figure out how to, my workflow did not work with the iPad. <laughs> Even with the keyboard and all the stuff I was trying to test out and use um, in my MBA program, it just was just not work. But then again, I had iPad Mini at the time. So the screen was much smaller. And of course, the keyboard is much smaller. But it just did not work. It never worked. I borrowed my sister's iPad, too, that she had. And it's just, even with the bigger screen, I got no bang for my buck out of that. It was just all the gyrations that I had to go through to get the information on there and off didn't work. And then at the time, I think... Um, um, what do they call the, the uh, sharing thing we do uh, on the Mac? Um, our um, 
Apple, um, iCloud sharing stuff. It was so inconsistent. Sometimes it'll be on my laptop. Sometimes it wouldn't be on my laptop. Sometimes it'll be on my iPad when I worked on stuff. So, so the documents would not sync on a normal, a regular basis. It, it was awful. Um, it's better now, 120% better now, um, iCloud, uh, in, in the way it manages sharing of devices. Um, but if you don't have internet access, you can't use iCloud. So um, it's a nice thing to think about. So You know, it's interesting that everyone I know who has some sort of tablet, including like a Galaxy, a Samsung, those kind of things, not one person I know has a Surface. I'd say it's probably 90% iPad. The rest are the Galaxies. Yeah, 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 probably so. Um, Obviously, they're out still, there, but no one I know I don't know personally. if they're all students, though. I'm, I'm talking about for a student. If, as a regular person, if I wasn't in school, I, I just a tablet just does not work for me in the school. It just does not do what I need to do. It, doesn't, it's not, it just would not ever work for me. Um, because we do a lot of PowerPoint. And it's a lot of stuff you need to look at. Uh, you need to look at something else. Say you need to look at your textbook, you know. And it, it, on my computer, I can put up the, uh, uh, the textbook. This because I always get the e-copy. I, I don't want to carry around books. Uh, so I can have my textbook up. I can have another. I can have Excel up. I can have another thing, and I can be transferring information. I can uh, all kinds of stuff that you can do that you can't do without multitasking. And you gotta admit. They're way late on the multitask. Now, hopefully they get it right because if they, they waited this long to get multitasking, which they claim they're going to do in, a, uh, uh, in the next OS uh, release, um, iOS release, and it, it doesn't work well, then what the hell were they doing all this time? You know, I'm angry at Apple that they wasted their time on that stupid watch. That's my opinion. <laughs> If they had taken all that ingenuity and applied it to making their iPad a better tablet, I mean, come on. Think of what's the major thing that they've done for the iPad in the last years or so. What's major? Can you name something? Hello? Major. <laughs> I want to say major. No, I, I want to say major. I have the iPad Air too. I think uh, minor tweaks. They've increased the gig space, so I have 128 on it. Um, it's faster. Has a faster processing chip in it. Everybody, um, everybody gets faster. So that's yeah, my point. I expect more from Apple. I need. It needs to be the next big thing, not the next okay, uh, nice to have maybe thing. And that's what they're becoming to me. Uh, and I, I, the Apple Watch is a great thing for people, I guess. But I think it's just like putting your phone on your wrist. And that's nice. You know, there are people who love it and was waiting for it and all that other good stuff. But you're, you can't just let your other products just sit on a shelf and just get all dusty. I was sort of not wanting to get the new MacBook Pro. Uh, I got it as a gift, so I'm not going to complain. But I wanted to wait so that, it, that, that it, it, I could get the next processor or uh, the next update. They they wait too long. I don't see them. I don't want this to go by the way of the Apple TV. I mean, um, everybody waiting for this doggone thing and it shows up and it can, all you can do is watch TV on it. And it doesn't have any big bangs. It, it, if it can't do any more than my Blu-ray player can do, then... Um, 
or Apple T or um, Apple TV. What's not Apple TV? What's the thing? The Apple. Um, what is the Apple um, TV a media device that we have? Apple TV. The Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the TV that's coming out, but. Um, Apple TV, if, if their TV comes that comes out that uh, that Apple's making, it's nothing but, but like the little hockey puck Apple TV that they have out now. Then they wasted our time too on that. Um, I hope they don't do something stupid like that. Well, I think we have to warn our our listeners that. This wasn't supposed to be a diatribe against Apple. This is supposed to be back to school. Apple is making me angry. They're really making me well, expect so much more out of them because no, you know I like to I buy don't Apple because products. I mean, and I haven't found anything that I want to buy. Vicky, but Vicky, 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 um, you know, every company does this. Every company just right now. I don't expect they're, that they're from very Apple. popular. Microsoft was huge for so many years before they had the antitrust because they were bundling everything with the computers and then they had connects connects is so cool did they do anything with it no so i mean they bought nokia had a fabulous uh camera phone nokia was dying and they did nothing with it so you know all companies do that well, it's not I like you can't i mean what they're what they're waiting to do is something that's not impossible to do I mean, there's no rhyme or reason uh, to not have multitasking no, on the iPad. I mean, no, come on. but like, really but, but yeah, but at least like Lisa said, these this is an iOS thing. It's coming out in iOS nine. I think we just have Hopefully. to wait. I mean, that's act, that's actually going to be an episode we talk about when iOS nine. So yeah, you know, well, maybe I we felt, should table well, this, this today. Way. I felt this about Apple two years ago when I first started my MBA program. So here we are two years later, and we're still with the same iPad. I think the iPad I had, uh, my iPad Mini, was. Only difference between that and the current iPad Mini is that it's it's slower. You know that was the only thing difference. So that's my humble opinion. And students, if you want a computer that you can throw in your backpack and not worry about the weight, unfortunately, when you take it to uh, the airport, um, they will have you have to take it out. Unlike the iPad, because the iPad is not really a computer, <laughs> um, and have them. Uh, TSA, check it out, turn it on, that kind of thing. That's the only negative I see about it. And the other negative is, yeah, you're right. Who knows how long they're going to last. We sell values and a lot of the Microsoft products isn't as high as an iPad. But generally, iPads cost more than the, uh, those Microsoft products. So um, if you need something that's like a computer, but small, 1.37 pounds for the uh, Surface 3, uh, that's t- pretty teeny. And uh, they have a storage of 64 gigabytes and 128 gigabytes. And the resolution is 1920 by 1220 Full HD Plus. And for the Pro 3, it's 2160 by 1440 Full HD Plus. It's pretty decent. Um, and it has that magnetic. You can use your finger to draw on the screen. I, I played around with that thing. And I really, 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 really enjoyed it. The only reason why I didn't buy one is because I think I would break out in hives if I ever bought any Microsoft product. Um, I just couldn't do it. Um, um, I, I, I don't like windows and that's just me, but, um, I think it's much better if I, my niece needs a computer. That's what I'm going to buy her. I'm not going to buy her iPad. She got that iPad mini and she's not even using it for school because it doesn't work for her there either. And she's in uh, junior high school. So that's it. Nine hours of browsing too. Well, browsing pretty cool. 
So, Suzay, while Vicky's <laughs> blood pressure goes down, yeah. okay. you had mentioned a physics app earlier. Well, actually, the first app I wanted to talk about was a really interesting app. Um, most of the apps that I have listed are science-related, and because that's I love science. Um, but this one is really, really interesting. It's called Gene Screen. It's a free app. So for kids that are learning or adults that are learning about biology, uh, it's 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 a just an, a, a very good app as far as discussing genetics. And this was <clears throat> developed by uh, with partnership uh, by the Prevention of Jewish Genetic Diseases. So when you open up this app, it will have an icon um, about. Um, Jewish genetic, genetic diseases. And I noticed that some of it, it's pretty much a five-star app. I would consider it a, 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 at least a five-star app as well. But some people missed the point because they thought it was, um, um, I, I wouldn't say bigoted or racist, but they, they were concerned that, you know, why is it just uh, Jewish genetic diseases? Well, it's because it was developed in conjunction um, with this Jewish foundation. And, you know, there are a lot of um, Jewish diseases, or I would say genetic disorders, excuse me, not diseases, uh, genetic disorders from the Ashkenazi Jews, you know, which, you know, went to Africa to settle, came to North America. So, when you click on the Jewish genetic diseases, I had no idea outside of Tay-Sachs and Neiman Pick disease how many others there are. But it does have a blank Punnett square where you can find out the recessive. Um, say, for instance, if you have a disease that, you know, um, the mother exhibits it, the father does not, you can put you can uh, put those into the Punnett square and see as far as their children who is going to exhibit signs of the disorder. Um, They have a whole thing about genetic diseases that uh, what's the chance that a child will have a recessive genetic disease. So you can select who's the carrier, um, who is unaffected and who is entirely affected by the disease. And it will tell you the uh, uh, ratio of, of uh, the children that will have or be a carrier. Um, you know, being a carrier, I am a carrier of a genetic disorder, and my eldest son is fine. My youngest son exhibits it. So to me, this was a very interesting way of presenting it, and I really like the fact that it, it's easy to understand. Uh, they really delve um, deeply into about genetic screening and about population genetics, which I think is really nice, and about genes and inheritance. Uh, inheritance. So um, for those people that are learning about genetics, and sometimes the punket squares can be a little confusing, uh, this is a really great free app to to download. And they also have a list of resources with links that you can learn more about genetics. But I think for a free app, I just think it's absolutely great. I really like it. And they also, not only do they do the genetic diseases, but genetic traits. So say, for instance, you know, you have a a child um, or you have a... um, the example of a, a recessive genetic trait would be like a straight versus a peaked hairline, like the widow's peak. So, you know, if you had one parent that had it, another parent that had it, or both parents that had it, what are the chances that, that a child would have it? It, I think it hits home because sometimes genetics can be a little confusing. And this is just a really great app to, to learn about 
um, recessive uh, traits and how they exhibit in offspring. So I would I would definitely recommend gene screen, especially for those kids that are in biology right now. Oh, it's nice. It's free too. Hmm. Mm, yeah, almost almost all the apps I selected this time were free. So I already tried to. Two that I like to use all the time are both free. They're both from Apple. The first one is the Notes app, which is going to get even better with iOS 9 because not only can you make your lists like you have been, but now you can make a checklist, you can add photos to it, you can use your finger to draw pictures or draw a sketch of something that you need, you can add uh, URLs to it, everything syncs across all your devices, it's easy to share. Uh, and what's what's cool for the kids is, let's say they're doing a project, they can do a little checklist saying, choose topic, do research, type up paper, proofread, and you can just check things off as you go along. I use the Notes app all the time. I keep it for things like uh, every light bulb in the house takes a different size. So I can write down in the dining room, it's this size light bulb. In the bathroom, it's this size. Because it never fails. I'm the one walking around Home Depot with a light bulb trying to match it up with the with the right one because I always buy the wrong thing. So now I just write it down in my notes and I know exactly what I need to buy. So I love that app and I think it's just going to get better once iOS 9 comes out. The other thing I use constantly is reminders. I love reminders. The The only problem I have with it is when you make a reminder, more than likely you want to be reminded, hence the name reminder. So it should <laughs> automatically pop up. When would you like to be reminded? So that's where you have to turn it on and say, I want to remind it Tuesday at eight o'clock to do this particular thing. But other than that, I use it uh, like I will forget to check in 24 hours prior to an air flight. So I have reminders at like 24 hours and 10 minutes prior to remind me, don't forget to go to Southwest and check in for your flight tomorrow. Things like that. Um, Cancel if I sign up for something like Apple Music, which I've already uh, unsubscribe to, which is a story for another day. But I mean, something like that. Different rate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just put in a few days before the before I start getting billed for a service, I'll say cancel such and such. Or don't forget to call the doctor, make an appointment or, you know, call the dentist for six month checkup. I love reminders. And it's perfect for the kids because, you know, don't forget you have a term paper due in two weeks or, you know, the dance is Friday night or, you know, don't forget this project is due, whatever the case may be. So I think for if you have Apple devices, reminders and notes, they come free and it syncs across all your devices. So everyone yeah, should be using those, in my opinion. What's new? What's really cool about Notes in iOS nine is that it's got the, the URLs will have thumbnails, uh, graphical thumbnails, so you can see what that link is all about. You know, get a little preview. So that's cool. Um, um, I, I can't wait to see that. So I'm going to move on. My next one is uh, I'm going to skip down and do my smart pen, which I use at school all the time. It's by LiveScribe. Uh, it's an Echo smart pen. Um, Actually, mine is a four gigabyte uh, smart pen. I got it. I my sister had a Pulse smart pen that I used during the summer, and um, one of the problems of well, let me tell you what it does. Um, 
it uh, not only records what uh, the lecture for you, whoever the conversation in the room, but um, it also records whatever you write on their paper. Uh, you need to use their specialized paper, which is, has these little dots all in them, and uh, they have this laser inside the pen that actually records that information. So you sync that up to your computer, and um, you can actually listen to the lecture and see what. Oh, you that's doing. cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I love. Oh, I like I, that. I love that to death. And actually, oh, that they work very well with iOS. They do. I mean, they sync right uh, directly to the iOS device. You can get an app and put it on there. So they were smart enough to put that in there. Um, That's a great idea, actually. I love that thing. It just mm. does. It's, it used to be very expensive, but the price has fallen down tremendously. Um, um, I think the price is, oops, I got it on the show notes. Uh, it starts at um, uh, $99.95, but they have so many discounts. 20% off, 50% off, I saw it one time. So if you catch it, you can get it at a really good price. Um, I just think it's way, way cool. It's just, I get home from school, if I missed something, or I thought I didn't understand something, I can listen to it again. And generally, I hear what the teacher was, I could listen to it again, and I could see what I was writing down at the time, I could see what I missed. Because the problem is, you're writing and trying to listen at the same time. And that's very, very difficult. So now you can write, and if you miss something, you can ask again if you want to, or you can say, oh... I can wait and I'll hear it in the lecture. Uh, oh, that's and, great. That, because, yeah. you know, before, because you used to have to have the little voice recorders. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And you run, oh, I think this is that, fabulous. There's so many people that go in the classroom and they, they, take, they throw their little iPhone or whatever in front of the class to record him. I said, I'm going to run down the battery with my iPhone to, to record anybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great. And yeah. how's battery life? I mean, how is the battery life on I, that? I rarely have to charge that thing. Um, wow. I've, I've got, I record everything. I mean, I was thinking to turn it off um, because it, it takes up uh, uh, more space. It has four gigabytes. And I haven't even used five, uh, five uh, hundred megabytes of space. Wow. And, and that's this, for, this, is, this is week three of my class. Wow. Like and how classes. long are the lectures, Vicki, normally? Um, I have nine hours of total for my physiology class and an hour and a half uh, a week for my uh, nutrition class. Yeah, that's, so that's great. And I, it's, I, I'm telling you, I could probably wait several weeks and charge it up. But when you sync it up and hook it to your computer to sync it up, it's going to start charging it anyway. So I, I yeah. charge it up as I go along. Um, but I don't bring my laptop to school with me anymore. I don't need it because I have that pen. Yeah. So, no, that's great. Yep, yep. That's perfect. Well, my next one um, is going to swing us over to Earth Science. Um, this is a an app that was uh, developed by the Howard Hughes uh, Medical Institute. They have several apps, actually, that are on the uh, apps in the App Store, excuse me, that are free. This one is called Earth Viewer, and I find this one absolutely fascinating. I've, I've always been, I guess there's a secret paleontologist in me, but I've always loved archaeology, and this one is, is very interesting because basically when you open up the app on the left side, you're going to have um, the eras and the periods um, in those areas. So you'd have, you know, for instance, the Devonian, you'd have the Permian, the Triassic, Jurassic, all of that. And then when you select a period, it gives you a pop-up window that explains about that particular era. But it also will tell you how much oxygen and CO2 was in the atmosphere at the time. 
You can select a view where you want to see fossils that were found in that part of the world, mass extinctions, geological events, biological events, impact events, cities. And you can zoom and turn the globe around so you can really get a great idea of how not only the Earth looked, but significant uh, events that occurred in that particular particular era. They also have a teacher's guide. So if teachers want to use this particular app in their classroom, they're, uh, avail- uh, there's some information that's available to do that. They also have in-depth um, subjects, so about the greenhouse effect, mass extinctions, um, oxygen and animal size, all sorts of things, photosynth- early evidence of early photosynthesis. So this is just a really fascinating free app that if you're learning about, um, you know, geology or earth science or any type, that would, I think this would just be so extremely helpful in a classroom. And they do have different charts. And they also have plate tectonic and paleographic maps that are on this. So you really get a sense of, you know, the earth structure and topography, um, you know, during those different eras and about the seas, how the oceans change throughout the different um, eras of time, prehistoric eras. So I think that this is a fabulous app they've come up with. It seems, I I mean, I've just, of course, I'm not in earth science. I darn, I wish I had a kid that was, (laughs) but I think this is a great app. If you have kids that are learning about that in California, they even have the La Brea tar pits and they explain about that. That was uh, from um, 0.04 Maya to the present. So it actually tells you when th- these particular fossils were found and what they were. Highly recommend it. So Earth Viewer and it's HHMI, the Howard Hughes Medical Institute, and it is a free app. How did you find out about that one? I'm always looking at science apps because I'm a science. I would I would probably consider myself a little bit of a science. I don't know if the correct term is nerd or geek. <laughs> I'm both. You're a geek. Yeah, <laughs> a geek yeah. Uh, a neek. I'm a neek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I'm always looking for science apps because I just love it. And I like to, sometimes I like to draw from them, you know, depending on what they have in them. Um, a little while ago, I was... You know, so at night in order, I don't color, I, I draw. Um, and I was thinking about, uh, you know, the, the helix, the double helix in DNA models. So I go to the science apps or I go to the anatomy apps and I'll draw like muscle groups or I'll draw uh, the human figure. That's what I do. So th- that particular app, I came across that and I'm thinking, huh, I wonder what that one is. So it was free. So I downloaded it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is fabulous. So I had had that in the back of my mind to share, with, you know, if we had ever done an uh, education issue, uh, you know, an education podcast. So it's, it's definitely worth it. it. The price is right. Yeah, free. My final choice for apps is called Day One. Uh, they have it for the Mac, the iPad, and the iPhone. Currently, for the Mac, it's $9.99, and for the iPad and iPhone, it's $4.99, but they go on sale a lot. They have a lot of 50% off sales, which is when I bought my 
copy of the day one. And this is a journaling app. And you can use this in any number of ways. Some people use it as a diary and like a, like a, you know, online, it's not online, but it's, you know, computer diary. Some people use it to document uh, a family illness, you know, to keep track of all the meds and the doctor appointments, things like that. So they have a list of uh, very accurate information of what the patient needed while he or she was sick. Some people use it for traveling to ha- keep a list of all the ventures they went on and photos of when they were traveling. And some people just use it as a personal diary. Uh, I don't use it every single day. You can if you want to. It's got a re- little reminder uh, option that will kind of bug you a little bit if you wanted to. You can like maybe every day at 10 in the morning, it might say, hello, it's time for you to write in me. And it even gives you ideas. It might say, who was your best friend when you were a child? Or what was your favorite toy and why? And that gives you like little jumping off points to to write. Or you can just ignore it and write whatever it is that you want to write for the day. You can tag your your entries. So you can say, well, I want to look at all my entries that have the word travel in it or the word the beach or the word, you know, um, children or whatever you want to do, concerts. And you can see all your entries with that particular tag. You can put photos in, but unfortunately, only one photo per entry. So you can make the entry either the time and date of the photo or the time and date of where you are currently. You can add things in like like where you are, what the weather is, the temperature, is it cloudy, is it sunny? Uh, if you're watching TV, what TV show you're watching at the moment, if you were exercising, if you were listening to music, that can all go in. I, I believe they can also do the latitude and longitude of of where you are at the moment, if, if that's what you choose to do. It's for students, they could use it for what's going on in their classes. Another way of keeping track of when project and homework is due, they can use it for their feelings. How are they feeling? Because as we know, when you're a teenager, especially you go through all those range of emotions. If someone, you know, if a boy looks at you sideways, a girl's, oh my God, you know, he hates me, you know, because he looked at me the wrong way. And it could be absolutely nothing, but that's what happens when you're a teenager because the hormones are just going crazy. So you can keep a a list of your feelings, uh, who your friends are, things that you did, things that you want to do, you know, secrets, uh, where you want to go to college, why you want to go to college and for a particular college. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no rules on how you use this, this to write. So I've just been using it for, uh, I, I did a, sort of a diary, but not until after I got home when I was in Italy, of different things I did when I was in Italy and put pictures for each entry. Or, hey, I went to the Billy Joel concert. This is what we did. We took the train down. We did this, this, and this in New York City. Here's a picture of Billy Joel. This is how the concert was. I put a listing of all the songs that the Rolling Stones sang when they played, when I went to their concert. So, And it's a great way to look back and go, oh, yeah, I remember when I did such and such with this person. Or, yeah, I remember when Vicky and I met at Macworld two years ago when we went to this restaurant for dinner and we saw these people on the showroom floor. So it's a nice and it's an inexpensive way and it's very user friendly. So, Well, I have to say is thank you because I think you, you suggested that to me 
for writing to, to keep up my writing mm -hmm. and um, um, uh, just give me some ideas about what to write too. That's that's one thing I really like about it. Um, I don't think I would write a, uh, write all my personal thoughts down there. Um, I'd be afraid that other people would read them. <laughs> that could be really so, like your diary. You know, you won't you don't want certain people to get to have access to. But it. you can. But did I, you know that you can password protect it? Yeah, I know, but everybody knows my passwords. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that if I give, I have too complicated passwords, people won't be have access to stuff they need to have access to. But I guess you're right. With this one, I would change the password, not the not the one that the whole family knows about. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. But I use that, Lisa, from the day I bought it, which is the day you told me about it, to now. I still use it. I use it every day. I write more now than I ever. Oh, good. Did. Yeah, and so thank you for that suggestion. Okay, so my suggestion is the SanDisk. Uh, it's called a SanDisk Connect Wireless Stick. And it starts. Hey, wait a minute. What? Oh, I thought it was my turn. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> Let's not get her blood pressure up again. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, you're right. My Microsoft riff, you know. I'm all ready and waiting. I'm all. Fired up? No, go ahead. I'm teasing you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of flash drives, this one uh, allows you to increase the size of your. Speaking of flash drive, coming from my rant about the surface thing, just in case people don't know what I'm talking about. Flash drive. Uh, this flash drive allows you to increase the size of your uh, your phone, your iPad, and laptop, um, and um, it has a battery life of like four hours. Um, it um, it allows you to connect a laptop using a USB port and drag the documents that you want onto it, and then you can take it with you on the go. Uh, and what you do to use it when you uh, when you're at uh, left your home or whatever, is you press the button on the side and it, it emits a Wi-Fi signal, and it allows multiple devices to stream content from the device at the same time. See, we could have really used this at, in my uh, MBA program. <laughs> Um, then I could have kept my laptop, my, my iPad, um, but no internet connection is required because it provides its own wi private Wi-Fi uh, signal. Um, and um, uh, you need to, you would actually have to install that free app, of course, to, for this to work. So you open the app, tap and or, or click on the files you want to access, and the drive can allow up to eight simultaneous users. Um, three people can uh, stream HD video at the same time. Um, and for that, I think the battery life is like for four and a half hours if you have people connected to um, it. But if you're using it for um, just increase, uh, just attached to your phone and, and for your phone to have access to those files, um, it's, it's a four hour. Oh, it's savings. Four, it's, it's about four and a half hours for both streaming. You can also stream, um, multiple people can actually stream different movies off the same disc too. So it'd be great to take on a vacation and people can watch movies and stuff on their computers or their laptop or whatever, uh, streaming from that sand disc. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, and I think it'd be great for the college, college environments. People can share information, create their own little private little Wi-Fi, uh, environment and, um, you know, you don't have to worry about the internet going down. That's it. 
Well, my next one is, I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, David Pogue. He, um, he hosts this app, actually. I think he developed this app. Um, but this is called Nova Elements. And it's about the periodic table. I think this is a, just a great free app. I highly, highly recommend it. It's an iPad-only app. And there's, this app has three parts to it. Um, you can explore the interactive periodic table. So when you open up this app and you select that, they, you select anything on the periodic table. Um, for instance, you know, gallium. And it will, it will tell you a blurb about the element. And it'll tell you, <clears throat> you know, it'll give its uh, atomic number and atomic symbol on um, the periodic table. But then you hit build. And then you actually have to build the molecule, you have, excuse me, the element. So using protons, neutrons, and electrons, you have to build this. Uh, I'm not so great at building them, I'm just going to tell you right now. Mm. But it's a lot of fun. You can also, they also have a selection where you can actually auto-build um, the element. But then he also uh, has a, um, a game that, say for instance, he comes on and he says, okay, I use all of this in my everyday life. So like a banana. So you have to build a fructose molecule or a vitamin C molecule. You have to build all of the elements that are actually in a banana or a watch um, or a shirt. It's really interesting. I think it's, or PVC plastic. So you have to go then into the app and you actually develop these molecules, which uh, are made up of the elements. So you have to, you know, do your element and then make the molecule. And then he also had, I think it was on PBS, but it was called Hunting the Elements. And uh, each of them are about 10, 15 minutes, but they have to 12 chapters and it's all about the elements. And I think it's very watchable. He's very watchable anyway, because he's funny. And he goes all over the place and he talks about the different elements. So for a chemistry uh, student, this is just a really great app that gives you visuals for those that are visual learners. It gives you some great visuals when you have to, to, to create the elements yourselves uh, using, you know, the, the protons, neutrons, and electrons, and also trying to think about, you know, what things are made up of and how to um, create those as well. It's just a really great app. I mean, again, I'm not in chemistry anymore, but this is just a fun app. And I actually started, I downloaded it a while ago because I wanted to watch Hunting the Elements. And um, there's that neek in me again. And uh, I ended up, you know, trying to build some of these elements. My husband can do it. But you know, I have fun trying, so it's it's really interesting. I think I think this would be a really great app for anyone that's learning uh, the periodic table or chemistry. Highly recommend it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I wish I had that when I was in taking chemistry. Yeah, I, I know. Me too. Yeah. So my final one is a printer because I am killing my laser printer. Um, and um, I, uh, I know most students need one. So coming out, that just came out actually um, on the 1st of September, um, a couple of days back, uh, is the all-in-one printer HP NV5540. And um, what's cool about this is that they have this uh, printer replacement service. 
that you can get. It'll remind you. And you pay like maybe $2.99 a month for like uh, 50 pages per month. Um, what happens is that you, uh, or $4.99 for 100 pages, and I think $9.99 for 300 pages a month. And what they do is at, it will automatically send you this uh, uh, the print cartridges. Um, and they'll, they'll mail them to you, and uh, you don't have to worry about replacing your cartridges or, or rushing off to the store to get them. Um, yeah, you, you'll have them before you actually run out of ink. Um, and that's pretty cool. Um, so what they do is when you're running low, it'll, they'll ship it right to your house. They actually have a promotion going on if you buy a one of these, because this is an HP Web Enable printer. Um, and which means, you know, not only this service that you can have with it is that also you can email stuff to the printer, all this kind of stuff. That's nothing new. But um, this one actually has that instant ink program that you can do. But if you buy one before September 26th and enroll in instant ink program, you would get three months free. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and for me, I print out tons and tons and tons of PowerPoint presentations. So I'm running out of ink all the time. And the laser printer cartridges are very, very expensive. So... Um, I, I think this one is pretty cool, so you don't have to worry about running out and getting them, and you're getting the, the uh, cartridges pretty cheap. Well, for me, the next app is something that I was not so good in. I think I actually dropped high school physics, but this is a physics game that I would say would, I don't know about the age group. I mean, I have fun with it, so, you know, I'm sure, you know, probably elementary, middle, and maybe even high schoolers, because the, it maybe not elementary. It's, it is kind of tough. Um, what it is, it's four puzzles. So it's Simply Physics. It's an iPhone and an iPad app. It's $1.99. It does go on sale for free and 99 cents. So if you can pick it up, then uh, that's probably a good thing to do. But it gives you four things. So you have to build a treehouse that you have to build a treehouse structure that will support four 50-pound children. You will have to build a rooftop that can hold 50,000 pounds of snow, a Ferris wheel that will have to complete two rotations, and a skyscraper that can withstand 300-mile-an-hour winds. So you think, oh, no big deal. I can do that. Because some of them has a little, have a, a little blueprint to get you started. However, you have to draw support beams that connect to other beams. And each of those beams costs something. So you have a certain amount of money that you have to stay under and you have to make this structurally sound. So it's more, it's easier than it sounds. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can pull in part. It <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's harder, much harder than it sounds. That's what I meant. Thank you. But you can pull in parts um, of the particular uh, beam, you know, to dis or the, the, the blueprint to, to display the stress points and that shows you how many um, like newtons of force are being applied. So it gives you that visual where you need to, you know, put the load. So I think this is a great app for, I would probably say maybe high schoolers and um, junior high that would, middle schoolers that would enjoy learning about physics. It, it's not a very long um, app. I mean, you don't have like 20 different things you can do, but it's, it's difficult. And the amount of difficulty is very compelling. And, um, 
when you succeed, how you succeed is the structure must withstand this test because you can basically, you know, pull on things and everything and it has to withstand the test for 10 seconds. And there's also like leaderboards and who can, you know, build the most successful design for the least amount of money. Um, so, but anyway, I, th I think this is kind of fun. It's, you know, for a buck 99 or 99 cents, or if, like I said, if you can get it for free, it's definitely worth it. Sometimes those visuals, you know, in real life principles would have been very helpful for me, yeah. you know, rather than just reading about, you know, torque mm -hmm. and this and that, to actually be able to see it and, and try to figure that out. I know teachers are a lot more creative than I had, but still, it's a, I'm a very visual learner. I can read something in a book and yeah, I can memorize it, but if I see it, I will never forget it. So this game is just, uh, it's a really well done game, I think, for physics. I wonder why and, people make more games like that. I mean, don't you remember when, oh, you, I know. when your kids were young, that all the games are, are developed to teach them things, so they, they expand, their brain is expanding, and then all of a sudden the games are no longer about teaching them anything, they're just about shooting people, and and but there should be more games like that. I mean, because it's teaching you physics concepts and how to apply them in real world situations. I, I agree. And I think the best teachers, even before the iPad or any digital media came out, I think the best teachers knew that because they know that, you know, if you make it fun and you don't make it so dry, kids, you know, if they're fun, they're learning. I mean, if you make it fun, they can still learn the lesson, you yeah. know. So I, I think, you know, the apps that are out now, the most creative apps are – for instance, some of the apps that I highlighted today that you get interested in the content and you really don't even realize how much you're learning. Yeah. So, yeah. and the next one, because I love art and I'm an artist, I had to include this. This is a free app. It's for, um, I would say elementary school, uh, children. It's called MoMA art lab and it's free. It's, uh, designed by the uh, museum of modern art and it's, basically like a drawing collage art uh, app art listen to me app, art app <laughs> so when you open up the app it does have like a little brief tutorial about what you can do with the app and along the bottom you have a pen which allows you to have different um, strokes of pen and there's also a, like a snap to line and then it has different shapes and a little color wheel so you can drag the shapes that you want onto your artboard or just tap on it and you can change the color. And the other thing that it allows um, you to do is it has activities that basically are from different artists, nine different artists. So you can create a mobile, um, you can experiment with paint like Picasso, you can create a sound composition, uh, collages like uh, Matisse, you can draw with scissors. So they do all some really nice activities. And then afterwards, you can just save it to your gallery and you can load a photograph as well. So you can use photo photos within this app. I think it's a really nicely designed app and it gets kids interested in art and creating collages and art again by making it fun, you know, and it's you don't have to have any drawing experience. All you have to do is tap and, and basically it's a little design app. So uh, I'm not sure if you can print this out. I'm, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. You can just save it to the art gallery, but it doesn't give you any, yeah, just a screenshot. If you wanted to be able to maybe email it to somebody, uh, you could have your kid take a screenshot uh, of on their iPad and, you know, send their creation off to you or their 
grandparents or whatever. But anyway, the MoMA art app is a really good one. And the last thing that I have, because I love styli like Vicky, this one, Vicky, I think you would really, really like. I have the jot. I have the Adonit jot. The only reason I never really liked it that much, I mean, I did like it. I did like it because I do a lot of drawing and uh, painting on my iPad. But the thing is, it had a plastic disc on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And sometimes when you were drawing, it, if you didn't have a screen protector on it, which I usually never have a screen protector on mine because I don't like the way they look, as far as, uh, you know, when you're looking at a design or you're drawing something, the screen protector does something where it just isn't as crisp and clear on the retinal display. But it sometimes could scratch your, your um, screen. So now Jot came out with another one. And this one is a, it's called the Jot Dash. It's $49.99. It just came out. It's one to two weeks for shipping. And I did put that in the show notes with a link but you will have to wait for it. It's, uh, it looks really, really nice. They have two colors, charcoal and silver. It's aluminum barrel like their other Jot Styli. And it has a, it has a um, very, very tiny, tiny, tiny tip. It's 1.9 millimeters, the tip. So it's really like using a ballpoint pen. And for me, I think that would just be fabulous because that's what I like to do. I like to have more of a fine line. I have all the styli. I have brush styli. I have paper by 53. I have two of those. I mean, but nothing. Um, I have pressure sensitive stylus, but this, this one just looks really great because it's really small. Now they have the jot script and the jot jot touch and I think one of those is or maybe both of them are pressure sensitive I don't think this one's pressure sensitive but I don't really care because I want the fine line they're they're toting this particular stylus for people that are writers or students like you Vicki that want to write and highlight you know on some of their apps mm -hmm. so you're able to do that and also you can re recharge it so they give you like a little recharger and the end of your stylus is where you would normally have like an eraser on a mechanical pencil say that's your charger and you just poke that into there and uh, it charges in about 45 minutes and they're claiming that it's up to 14 hours of continuous use so I'm pretty excited about this one I, I like it because I don't, like I said, I don't really necessarily have to have a pressure sensitive. I already have a, a couple of those. So this one just seems to fit my bill because the pressure sensitive, you know, they're still kind of bulky. And this one's thin. This one's like a true ballpoint pen. The pressure sensitive ones, they're kind of wide, you know, to be honest with you. And you've got to get used to it. So, so the Jot Dash, that's a great... For 50 bucks, you can have a really nice pen stylus. Which would also make a great holiday gift gift idea. Yes, So it would. going back to the beginning, listener's choice again, please send us, listeners, your suggestions for different gift ideas. You can reach us, as I said earlier, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, email, all of those methods you can find on our website, 3geekyladies.com, with the number three spelled out. I want to thank you all very much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.
soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it. <laughs>